Heyo. We are finally back. We're back, <laughs> Nessa. We did it. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. You know, we just. <laughs> <laughs> we made it through three years, three, three weeks. Mm -hmm. Felt Ooh, like three years. years. Oh, we're not there yet. <laughs> of of uh, real life stuff that we will get into in a little bit. Mm -hmm. But we're finally back. The plan is to actually start doing weekly uploads. I feel horrible that we missed like three weeks. There's been so many good things coming out. We are jam packed for the rest of the year. October is filled with mood. You know what? We'll get into that later. Let me just start you off. Hey, Nessa, question for you. Mm -hmm. As we always begin, why is Marvel bad at action sequences? I believe that. Like, excuse you, we had an amazing action sequence with the single camera shot in Loki. That's pretty good. But that's... Uh, that is... Okay, I will tell you that was absolutely one of the best shots I've seen Marvel do in a long time. But... I will agree. That that single... The, the one-shotter <laughs> in... Uh, what was that? The Loki, third episode? Yeah. Was that? Oh, oh my God. That was champion. However, that's going to be my reason why Marvel struggles with action sequences sometimes. They over-rely on quick cuts rather than yes. just allowing the action so to unfold. They, they jump around to create drama when I really think that they have the budget and the time and the stunt capabilities to do more one-shots. They have the stunt people, and I know who are a lot of the, the stunt people who worked on, uh, on some of it. I know... Uh... Aaron Tony is that his name? Who's the uh, the double for Sam for mm -hmm. Falcon, um, Anthony Mackie and stuff? And I, they they have some amazing. I don't blame the stunt doubles. I don't even blame uh, the stunt coordinators. Eh, maybe this. I I don't know what it is. It's a director they, Marvel choice. Marvel is. It's yeah, and Marvel is really good about giving newer directors opportunities. Which, I mean, we'll get into with this film that we're going to talk about, actually, with Kate Shortland. But, yeah, you're right. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know why they feel the need to cut. If someone throws a single punch, it cuts like three or four different times <laughs> to show a single punch. And it, I don't understand that. And then the shaky cam. Yeah. I know you probably can't hear that on, on the, the, the audio, but it was me rapidly shaking my fist because they mm -hmm. love shaky cams all of a sudden yes yeah, so and it's not just it, a marvel thing it, it's because it builds drama it's the same reason that several directors that i get very angry at uh don't mix sound well so the talking parts are too quiet the action parts are too loud because they right. want you in the theater to like be overwhelmed with a cacophony of noise during the action sequences and I talk to people who are audio engineers who've listened to interviews and they do it on purpose. And it makes the casual viewing experience really obnoxious, like significantly obnoxious. Yeah. And they don't care because, well, I think some directors maybe have some ego uh, problems and but they they want <laughs> to shove what they think the experience should be on you. And I mean, they're a director. They are making that viewing experience that is their choice but i think that's where a lot of the cuts come in too and i personally find it lazy i think it's just easy oh yeah i totally agree i mean there's so many we just uh what was the snake eyes that we mm -hmm. might talk about did it 
has still had some of the same issues, but they did it a little better. There's just a lot of. I do have a comment shots. on trying this, to though. Think. For okay. how we should be All fair, right. I didn't think of this. I watched something mm. recently that was filmed during the pandemic, and it had a lot more cuts than previous seasons of the TV show. And I was like, oh, oh okay. this is really choppy. And then I remembered a conversation I had with someone from a TV set. And normally it takes actors four, five, six takes to get into it and get the good take. But because right. of the pandemic, they have to fog and they have to do all this cleanup every 10 to 15 minutes. So they get through right. two or three takes and then have to reset completely. So they never get to hit their groove. So I thought is things that are coming out right now potentially were filmed during the pandemic and there are more cuts because you didn't have a, a full good take and you have to cut together different takes more so than before. Sure. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, they just don't. I mean, they don't have the time for it either anymore. Mm -hmm. So because they yeah, they can't take as many shots in a row. Um because, I, I mean, some action sequences, I mean, they take, most of them take weeks to film. Uh, I know some of them are like, you know, they do the choreography in one day and then they film it the next day. But many of them, especially when the actors are doing it themselves, which I think is the case for this one a little bit, mm -hmm. with Scarlett Johansson, it's like a week long of, of chore uh, choreography practice and stuff like that, that they, they go through and then they film it for like a week for action sequence. So if they don't have with everything that's happened they don't have that kind of time anymore it makes sense that maybe it's not as clean and so they're just trying to cut in all the good good grabs they were able to actually film so we'll see but now that we've gotten into that mm -hmm. what do we actually do here it's been three weeks people have lost track they've forgotten what we do at this podcast so explain explain to us nessa what what do we do here and what are we talking about today well here you know welcome to the glorious land of despite the way we intro the podcast positively reviewed where everything is positive and the reviews are totally fair definitely unbiased 100 percent, no spoilers here very safe podcast to listen to uh <laughs> but yeah, in general, this is uh, welcome to the Positively Reviewed podcast, where we take a look at the positive spin. Every piece of media is the greatest piece of media ever created, and we're going to tell you what we loved about it, maybe with a little honesty towards the end. And there are heavy spoilers because we're reviewing a piece of media, which means we have to actually talk about the media. You've been warned. We'll get to the media eventually <laughs> at some point, is the hope. We'll find out. But... I mean, all right, just real quick, though. I do believe that Marvel can do action sequences. We've seen it before in other Marvel movies. It's just recently. And I don't think it's necessarily a Marvel problem. It's a Hollywood problem in general. Like, a lot of, a lot of movies are not good at it. But that being said, we are talking about action. Mm -hmm. We are talking about Kate Shortland. We're talking about Black Widow, Scarlett Woo! Johansson, and uh, people in involved with that. Because it is... The greatest content, the great piece of media ever created. Until next week. <laughs> so this was, I, I feel everyone should know what this is. For those who don't, it's created by Marvel Studios and Walt Disney. It was directed by Kate Shortland, which you probably don't recognize that name at all. I realize I wrote the name wrong on the thing. It says Care Shortland. It's Kate. Kate Shortland, 
Uh, but I don't know anything. I, I went through her. She doesn't have much. She had a few television shows and like three movies that she's done. Um, so, yeah, but Marvel's pretty good about just giving directors and stuff their their shots. They they're really good about giving smaller people in the industry a chance to to shine in their their uh their movies and TV shows and some of them have really killed it. So it's good to see. Yeah, I mean, I we don't have to jump into it too much, but I was very happy with how this movie unfolded. My any of my I, criticisms, again, will hold for the end, have nothing to do with the actual <laughs> movie. I very much enjoyed the actual movie. I will say, for me personally, to go over, like, this was definitely one of the more... It was a movie that... It, it was a story that should have been told almost ten years ago, you know? Yeah. It was... I think that's where it fell, fell short, is that I think it's going to fall to the wayside, kind of like Ant-Man did. I think if you talk with anyone, Ant-Man was a good movie. Mm -hmm. But do you remember it that well? Well, You know, it's one of those movies that a lot of people. Okay, well, there's that. (laughs) And that's just unacceptable. (laughs) But. Yeah, it's one of those one of those even Ant-Man and the Wasp and stuff like they're good. But they almost. The scale that the Marvel Universe has become has made these single character movies a lot less impactful and a lot less memorable mm. in general. When you come from Endgame, oh, Spider-Man's done a pretty good job, but yeah, when you come from Infinity War and Endgame and then go to something like this, there's a weird disconnect that happens, whereas the scale of one versus the other is just it's just not large enough. And for that reason, I don't th- there's nothing wrong with that, but I think it makes people just be a little harsher on it, which I think is the truth. I think people were really harsh on this movie, but they didn't need to be. Yeah. Outside at the action sequences is where my biggest gripe is with it. Outside of that. Honestly, I enjoyed a lot of this movie, and I will say we'll get into it with Taskmaster. People way too harsh on Taskmaster. I I will say under you underutilized care. We'll get you know what I yeah, you know, well, we'll get into it. We'll get, we'll get into it <laughs> later on. I'm getting off the rails here. What's your past experience with Marvel? We are. This is we did Loki already. Yeah, which was uh, so good. I'm still still Jonathan Majors. I'm sad that apparently Lovecraft Country is not continuing. They canceled that show and I'm very upset about that. So that was Jonathan Majors show. So we did Loki last time. Yes. Yeah, so- and we went into the Marvel hole that is. Yeah joker's marvel hole so well my question because i can't remember this and i'm gonna i'm gonna come to the marvel expert everybody listening can get this question answered as well before we saw the black widow movie we saw a teaser Mm -hmm. where she was in a ballet studio and then there was also a hint about their ability to have children all removed and everything Yes. And was that a post credit scene in something or was that a standalone trailer? Or was that flashbacks in another movie? Which one? The ballet scene or the, the thing about the kids? I thought they not, were both. I thought they were kids. the same. I thought they're in the same thing. No, the ballet thing, I believe that might have been a flashback, but I'm pretty sure that was a trailer. Uh-huh. And I think that was in 
Black Widow. Like, I think they had that as part of, yeah, it was one of the scenes in the actual movie. But the 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 kids thing was from the second Avengers. Yeah, she was having kind of a romantic moment with Bruce Banner mm-hmm. and where he was, they were talking about how they could honestly run off together and stuff like that. And, you know, he's having this whole moment. He's like, I don't know what you want from me. I'm a guy who gets angry, turns giant and green. I like I can't necessarily give you what you want. If you want a family and stuff like that, like I can't give you that. I don't know. Like, it's, I just can't risk it. And that's when she kind of went into her whole thing about not being able to have kids. But was it a flashback? No, that wasn't a flashback. That was they were in the the house. They were in Hawkeye's uh, house. Clint Barnes house. No, uh, there's when a, they were hiding out. There's a flashback. Where it's mentioned. Yeah, so it's in Avengers Age of Ultron. Is the ballet scene, yeah, that's and, what I'm and it's the flashback oh. to the the children thing. Do they have a flashback in that? They might have had a flashback in the moment, but all I remember is the conversation was happening in that part. Like she was talking about it in the present in the house with him. Yeah, I don't know if they had flashbacks associated with it where we were seeing it. Obviously, Bruce Banner wasn't seeing it. So. No, no, I, I, uh, I YouTubed this. I found it. Okay. So the ballet scene well. and the children thing is a flashback, all on Age of Ultron. Makes sense, because I recently okay. watched Age of Ultron. So that's my previous experience with the media, and there's so much happening in Marvel, it's hard to figure out what's what. Um, so the ballet thing was also that. So none of that was a trailer for the movie. But I watched Age of Ultron gotcha. relatively recently to prep for WandaVision. And so that's why this was... Oh, yeah, because that's when they introduced Wanda and Vision. So this is why it was was burned in my brain. And so when I watched Black Widow, I thought that it was going to be an expansion on that flashback. And it was not. But that was what I went into the movie expecting. I thought it was going to be her training days. Pre oh, she would have been insanely young, though. Oh, I yeah, understand she would have why. Been... It's like logistically challenging to do that when ten years later you have an actress who's ten years older. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> but that was my previous. Uh, they experience did. They did mention. They did have some mentions about you know they finally explain Budapest and stuff like that yeah. that they've been referencing for a long time Budapest. and done those things. I this is so this movie took place actually when I thought it was supposed to take place. Uh-huh. I this movie sorry, this movie took place when I thought all of the TV shows were going to take place. Mm-hmm. So I thought Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, and WandaVision were all going to happen during the same time Black Widow happened, which was after so this movie takes place after Civil War. So the third Avenger, or the, I guess technically the third Cap, it's considered a Captain America movie. Yes. So it's, but it's really Avengers two point five. Post, uh, it's post Age so of Ultron. After Civil War, but it's before. Yeah, it's post Age of Ultron, but it's before Infinity War. Yes. So Thanos has not come to the planet. Yeah. So that's when Black Widow takes place. Um. And that was the same thing. That was an interesting that they opened with a scene from Endgame as the as the opening for this one. Was that 
That's what. No, no, that's not what happened. That was the trailer. Yeah, that no, was the no. Trailer. They they open with the little kids the playing they in open the forest. With the, the, yeah, the yeah. flashback, the kids one. Yeah. Which, by the way, Chad, we'll talk about it later. But the kid that actually played Natasha, the younger version of Natasha, mm-hmm. is Mila Jojovich's daughter. Uh, which, I mean, I know you like Mila Jojovich, right? I don't even know if I've seen anything she's in. I just know that she keeps getting cast in a video game movie. Fifth Element. You watch Fifth Element, oh, yeah? that's her? Yeah. So, but she's also yeah, like her. the Resident Evil and the Monster Hunter, right? Mm-hmm. And then her husband's the director for all those movies. Right. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Yeah. That's why I giggled. We'll get you to watch Resident Evil. It's gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. In 2.5 months when... Not is that Atlanta? Happen. Is that is Atlanta really in two and a half months? It is... Okay, it's in three months. It's November 12th to 14th. Okay. So what we're talking about, which uh, we can jump into, is uh, DreamHack, which is one of the reasons we've missed the last few episodes, mm-hmm. is a... Every year there's multiple DreamHacks. Yeah. It's a eSports... And hosting and convention and event for gaming that happens multiple times a year in multiple places. But there is an event called DreamHack Beyond that just happened that Nessa works for DreamHack. She does social media and a lot of things for them. So she's been super swamped with that. A whole event over an entire week. An online event over an entire week. Where pretty much everything is across social media. That's her whole thing. So she was worked to the bone. Uh, I was I was there hosting some competitions, casting, shout casting. Uh, think of it for those who don't who aren't into gaming or anything. Think of it like a football announcer or anything. That's what we were doing for different competitions and showing off different games and stuff like that. So that's what has been going on the last few weeks. <laughs> but now that that's over, we're finally back. But we have another event in three months, I yeah. guess. I don't know if I'm doing anything for it. I assume I'll be doing something for it. Uh, you're definitely doing things for it. I will definitely it. be doing so. things for it. That is accurate. And for for the sake of the podcast, I will make sure I'm doing something so that I can go down to Atlanta and duct tape you to a chair and force you to watch Resident Evil. It's not happening. It's going to happen. We're going to watch. I can unfocus my one. eyes like We're a pro. We're going to watch the first one. It's going to happen. And then we do an amazing episode on it. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll save it. We might save it. I've been thinking we save it for like the year. <laughs> the Our 52nd podcast or the end of season one, whatever that means. And everyone be glad that Joker has other friends so that he can get this podcast done without me. Because if he wants <laughs> to review Resident Evil, that's what other friends are for. No, no, no. See, the, the exact thing is we're doing Resident Evil because you don't want to watch it so bad. It's good that's to have unrealistic you goals. you have to do. It keeps people I can motivated. do Resident Evil with anyone, sure, but that's boring. We want to do it with you particularly because you're so against doing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It's not happening. I'm telling you now. I just, I... In six months, when he's upset, everybody is listening. He would, you have proof. He was, he was warned. We got packs coming up. You realize that as well? Which end of this month? Because I thought packs already happened. And I'm like, I I know there's multiples of them, but I thought one just happened. Pax East didn't happen. Pax Australia just got canceled. Got it. From what I saw. Mm -hmm. Pax West happens at the end of this month. Oh. I don't know what's. It's going to be 
we paid a lot of money. This was the most expensive tax for sure. Mm-hmm. They got you with the fees. They're like, oh, it's a three hundred dollars for a four day pass, which is already more expensive. It's like going and to Disney. And then they're like, oh, no, by the way, there's like also a Disney. Yeah, and then it's also, oh, hey, there's a ninety dollars service fee, and it's like, what? <laughs> Excuse what? It, service of what? What do you? What what fee are you talking about? What are you doing for $90 here? That's how they get. A lot of places have been doing that. And I'm sure it's a, I know concerts and stuff get that get get you with that all the time too. But maybe we got a there's lot going free on. massages at PAX and that's what the service fee was for. I would be okay with that. I mean, it that would be worth it mm-hmm. that that occasion, so We'll see. I'm I'm not I'm a little worried. It's going to be I can already say it's probably going to be a very boring event because I can't imagine they did just confirm that they will require a covid vaccination card. So I initially they were like, ah, you just need masks and that's it. And they're still going to require that. But now you also do need a vaccination, which is good, in my opinion. Yes, it is. People good. can feel how they want with that, but uh, <laughs> no, you know what? No, you can't get, get vaccinated. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah there's, get, there's 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 no sidestep there. Like I, if I don't under if you can safely get it. If you're worried about getting tracked by our government, you have a cell phone <laughs> in your pocket. You're screwed. I'm sorry. <laughs> that can't be your excuse. It's a garbage excuse. Oh gosh, yeah, no, they're. It is important to remember there are people who can't get it. I have a friend who's like severely allergic to everything and her true. doctors are just and she's yeah. immunocompromised and they're like, you're just going to be inside for the next five years. Um, oh, Jesus. Yeah. It sucks. But yeah, so good job, Pax. Yeah, I'm happy they did. I was worried when they initially, I was like, mm, that's a definitely direction, but I guess they can't necessarily force it. But it is a private event, so I didn't know because I know Washington Washington isn't requiring. We're doing pretty okay, though. We've got like 80% vaccination rate or something like that. We're, we're really high, though, in, compared to the rest of the country. So we're doing, we're doing okay over here. Um, anyways, enough about that. We, uh, I guess, to, to quickly step off, we're kind of all over the place. We're getting back into it. It's been three weeks. Mm-hmm. We got to get back into this, I guess. But our future plans for this podcast, uh, just to mention briefly, is we are, Nessa is once again busy. She's got mm-hmm. real life stuff again. I'm the worst. Uh, going on next week. So we'll probably have Dea, at least I'll try and have him back on. Um, did we even introduce ourselves? No. I don't even know if I introduced. We didn't introduce. You know what? It's too late now. You don't know my name. I'm just a mysterious man. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't know Nessa's name either. She's also just a mysterious woman. Very so mysterious. Congrats on that. <laughs> but we we will. The hope is we are going to be not even a hope. I'm going to make sure we're going to have weekly episodes again. And we might actually film some backup that we can push out if need be. Uh, There's a lot coming out. There's a lot. So some of them might be a little late. You might get, who knows, Green Knight. I was talking about earlier. I've seen Green Knight. We'll probably, we might do a podcast on that with Dea. I don't think Ness is going to see that movie. So we might do an episode of that. And that might just come out in a week or in three to eight months. (laughs) Who knows? Whatever it is we'll have some as backup so that hopefully we won't ever miss another week. It's like when someone's coming to an install an appliance at your house. 
It's like that kind of window, you know, three to eight months. You don't know. Just got to be there the whole time and wait and see. Exactly. You never know what we're going to do. I do think we need to do some theme months. Uh, I've been thinking, thinking about some theme months. We do like a video game month where we just talk about video games or we do a all uh, old school movies, I guess, mm-hmm. movie like 80. We do 80s month or 90s month or action movie month or horror movie, zombie movie month. Ah, oh, be great. I mean, if you want Perfect. to pre-record one of those with somebody else, that's, you know, whatever floats your boat. Nope, that's with you. <laughs> There's no other options. I don't have any other friends, so. Alive. Yeah. How are you settling into your new place? The last time we talked to you, I know it's been a month now. Mm-hmm. I know you pretty much were living in an empty house as you were scrambling and just tears everywhere as uh, you're just trying to I- make DreamHack Beyond happen. <laughs> but now you actually had some time to uh, get your, your new place up and running. So you've been building furniture and all that stuff. Yeah. How's that fun? You got a trash can. You're I, happy about that. I have is what a trash we were talking can. About. It's a shiny trash can. It's a stainless steel. Smashes all my appliances. But then the top of it is plastic. So it doesn't get like fingerprints and stuff on it. It's the best combo. I was very particular about what kind of trash can I wanted. <laughs> all stainless steel is not worth it. It gets fingerprints on the lid. And then you have to clean it. Yeah. And like, I don't want to clean Cleaning clean a trash can. can just seems. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that just seems redundant. You don't want to do that. So I did that put together some great patio furniture earlier. My mother came and visited recently so she could see the house. And uh, this is this is peak adult excitement right here. Uh, she bought me a KitchenAid stand mixer, like one of the ones that's like, like this big metal stand thing and the head tilts back and it goes in the bowl and you turn it on, you can walk away and it just makes this for you. I have no idea what that is. How do you not know what this is? I don't understand. Do I look like someone who does a lot of cooking? I just or a I, lot of I assume people knew what these were. It's a it's okay, you know no. what a mixer is, right? Well yeah. Okay. So you have a bowl and you have like the okay. head of a mixer, and the mixer's okay. in the bowl, but okay. the mixer head is like attached to a stand. So you right. can just put it in the bowl and turn it on and walk away because it's all held there. So it's just a, a blender. Yes. But the thing is on the top of it rather than the bottom. Yes. And it's a lot easier to, like, move and stuff. Have you ever had to make whipped cream? Because it takes, like, 10 to 15 minutes. No, I just get store-bought whipped cream because it's delicious. If you make whipped cream, it's significantly more delicious. But you have to stand there and hold the mixer for, like, 8 to 15 minutes while you wait for the cream to, like, whip up. And that's a really long time to stand there holding a mixer. You just got to have good arm strength. You know, a strong, muscular man like myself. Uh-huh. I challenge you to go make tiramisu and tell me how you feel after. You have to whip Again, do I look like I know how to make tiramisu? <laughs> I don't even know how to say the dang word. <laughs> it's not easy to make. It's It's, like, in theory, easy, but... I think my, my, my brother actually makes a really good tiramisu. Well, so yeah. this is a big diversion here, but because I have celiacs and I can't have gluten, tiramisu is in right. theory fairly easy, um, but most people buy the cookies that go in it, but I have to make them gluten-free myself. Yeah, you have to make them. Which yeah, adds enough. a significant workload to 
the already semi-significant workload of making it. So anyways, they're very expensive and they're very nice and shiny. And I didn't think I'd have one for a very long time. My mother bought me one and it was very exciting. That's my story. Can I say I'm like, I'm not jealous of the celiacs, but also it sounds like it's sometimes it's a great, great time. I mean, over time, I'm sure it sucks, but you know, you're, you're, from what I know, uh, you can eat eggs, steak, and French fries. <laughs> I Some can't. Fries. Bacon. And bacon. Like, that sounds like a great diet to me for yeah. the rest of my life. I'm okay with that. Well, and I... No, I wouldn't be. Let's be honest. <laughs> I wouldn't be. But... <laughs> I've also learned how to make almost everything gluten-free. I made buffalo chicken pizza the other night. That was glorious. Like, and the reason I made tiramisu is because I'd never had it and I knew I was never gonna be able to get it gluten free. So I made it so that I could have it. Then I discovered that it is glorious. And now I make it and like eat an entire thing of it. And now I have to not make it because then I'll eat an entire thing of it. Um, but being being having celiacs would be a lot worse if I didn't know how to bake. For sure. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel if you, you have some like celiacs, you almost have to learn how to cook all your own stuff you can't rely on on other other sources i guess so. yeah and that sounds like not a fun time so but houses all together it's very fun i have very Good. few projects left to get it ready which i am proud of that's good good to hear and i know i know you're really loving the place from it from the sound of it so Good to see you moving up in the world. All right, let's get into the facts section. We've been we've been rambling on about our lives. That's not why people are here. They should be, but they're here to hear about Black Widow, I guess. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's get you on the facts section. Uh, the, just rare during the rapid fire, you can feel free to skip some. If you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to skip that one. Got it. I'll just feel free. I just feel I now just fill it with a bunch of rando facts uh-huh. that I get from IMDB or something like that. Got it. And then I just go with it. All right. Well, before we get to the rapid fire, my personal favorite, you know, our first fact always has to do with the uh, cost of raising a child. So fact one, the budget was two hundred million dollars and the box office was three hundred fifty six point eight million dollars. Which did not include streaming revenue, which is a separate discussion uh, for Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> if you've heard yeah, about I was that. gonna, I was gonna bring up exactly that. I was gonna say mention the lawsuit that's going on. Uh, yeah, uh, because in, potentially in the rapid fire facts, we might have something on that. Ah, all right, so we'll hold. Ooh, there's a teaser now. If they they have to listen to the rest of the episode, that's true, or at least for the next ten minutes. Yeah. Okay, so the average cost to raise a child in Russia is $169,500, or about 12.5 million rubles. Joker thinks. Which means you can raise 2,105 kids with the money made from this film. Although Russia will help a bunch anyways. What is Russia helping with? So this is this was really complicated, actually, for me to figure out. Because if you look up, like, average cost to raise a kid in Russia... Mm-hmm. It doesn't come up. I chose Russia because Black Widow is is from Russia, but they don't they don't have a certain amount. Like all they have is a bunch of things of like it costs two hundred and twenty dollars to get your kid to school or from raising your kid. You 
it costs you this, you know, another $1,000 to get them over here. And so they pretty much didn't have a really good source. I did find a, th a thing finally that was, oh gosh, what? How did I do this math again? This is why I'm not a, a fully sure how much it costs. I know it's, it's significantly less than the U.S. But at the same time, Russia actually helps. They're trying to increase the amount of people having kids, the amount of families in Russia, mm -hmm. uh, because apparently it's not that desirable. Uh, so they give, they literally just give you money for having kids. And the more kids you have, they give you more money. It's not a lot of money, though, but they do give you give you some money. It's the equivalent of nine thousand dollars, I think, mm -hmm. for a kid. And you can get upwards of if you have three kids, you get almost like seventy five thousand dollars. So that's a lot of money. But. And I don't know if that's fully right, but. It does increase over time, so. Got it. So you can raise two thousand one hundred five kids, but maybe even more than that, because Russia helped. Yep. Yeah. I have again, as I said, I, I did some weird math of like I figured out how much it cost a year for a kid and then you had to multiply it. But then you take 80 percent of the revenue. Oh, that's what I did. That's what it was. I figured out the average. I had to go look up what the average income was in Russia. And then I had to take 80 percent because I saw something that a kid cost. The essentials for a family cost about 80 percent of the average income of a family's average income in Russia. And I took that and then I multiply it by 12 and then another 12 and, blah, blah, and yeah, anyways, math, math happened. Mm -hmm. No yeah. one cares about that. Continue with the facts. Continue a bunch of kids. Facts. You get a bunch of kids in Russia, a, a lot of them, more than most places, it turns out. All right, so these are the rapid so. fire facts section. On July yeah. 6, 2020, it was announced that Marvel Studios executives, including Kevin Feige, were so impressed with Florence Hughes. You tried. That one you got right. Cool. Performance as Yelena Belova that they plan to include her in future MCU films and she may even become the new Black Widow. In fact, how would you say? Feige? 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 Really? Feige yeah, stated Feige. that this film was written to showcase Belova just as much as Scarlett Johansson's Natasha Romanoff. No one is surprised by that if you've seen the movie. Uh, yep. According to writer Eric Pearson, Florence... Now I don't remember how I said it. Pew... Pew. Pew yeah. teased Scarlett Johansson about Black Widow's iconic pose during filming, so Pearson put it in the film. That was that whole really cringy Poser. joke that yeah. they had in there. Yeah, it was. I really didn't like that. Yeah, but. it was interesting. <laughs> Yelena dismissively calls Alexei uh, the Crimson Dynamo instead of Red Guardian, which is a separate Russian villain from the comics that is also one of the inspirations for Ivan Vanko in Iron Man 2. Yeah, do you remember Iron Man 2? You remember that movie? Not really. Okay, well, do you remember there was the guy with the electric whips or whatever? Oh, yes, now I remember, remember it. that at least? That's the one. Yeah, the... that's Ivan Vanko. Yeah, with... Vanko. Who's the... Who's the actor that plays the evil person, though? Because he's, like, something... You're talking... Oh, the... we just watched Mr. Right. Yeah, Because he's yes, in that. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Sam yeah. something or whatever. Sam Rockwell yeah, nailed it. Yeah, Thank you. You just had to say Sam, and I, I, I got I it for totally you. I <laughs> totally forgot. We'd watched yeah. Mr. Wright. And he played as uh, Jeremy Hammer. Is that yes, his name? Yeah. 
Hammer Tech or whatever. Yeah, so. and so I had been looking what else Tim Rockwell was in. It was Iron Man 2. Forgot about that, but like mm-hmm. in the back of my head, I just kept going, I have to watch Iron Man 2 again. I have to. And then I sat down to watch it, and I remembered that was why I had been jonesing to watch the movie, and it was really weird to see him go from the Mr. <laughs> right character to the Iron Man 2 bumbling villain. <laughs> Gotta watch, I mean, we've talked about before Galaxy Quest. He's also in Galaxy yes. Quest. Yes which is yeah. fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, gosh. it's good. No, he's great. Okay. But yeah, they have a... So, yeah, Crimson Dynamo is a, is a character in the comics that usually fights Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's technically, in the MCU, it's the father of Ivan Vanko. So. Got it. All right, in, in prison, the semi-start of the movie, Alexi Arm wrestles a giant prisoner named Ursa. In the comics, Ursa Major is a fellow Russian hero who has the ability to turn into a bear. Name checks out with the whole constellation and everything, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is Scarlett Johansson's ninth time playing Natasha Romanoff, if you include Captain Marvel. Johansson's contract for the solo outing, although an extension, is independent from her original contract. Her salary for her supposed final outing, as stipulated in her deal, is $25 million with an additional $6 million bonus if the film worldwide grows above $900 million. All right, this is where the lawsuit comes in. This is, yeah, I think, I haven't looked into the lawsuit too much, so I don't know that much on what it is, but I think that's part of the reason why she was against the whole streaming stuff, mm-hmm. is that basically she could have, she might have lost out on $6 million bonus just because people were watching it on a streaming service, which isn't, box off tracked yes. as much yeah i don't know yeah. how i don't know exactly how that that works but it's not box office so so what yeah. happened was um when i think even pre-pandemic they were concerned because of disney plus and streaming platforms that the movie was going to co-launch on both and they told her and her management that it would not that it would just be a box office release if those planes plans changed marvel was like obviously we would come and talk to you since it's a big part of her contract and it released on both and they didn't come and talk to her and there's precedent here because all the movies hbo max is doing straight to hbo they all paid like will smith and whoever like the rock and whoever else all the people in those movies they paid them their max payouts for whatever their box office bonuses were in their contracts in order to be able to put it directly onto streaming websites. Um, And so this is different. This is, this is Disney instead of um, Warner or whoever's doing the, whoever is the HBO movies. Um, And so she's suing. And I think with her lawsuit, there's somebody else and I can't remember who, but I think there's somebody else who, Oh, um, Emma Stone for Cruella is reportedly potentially pursuing it as well um, because it, according to them, breaches the contract. Hmm. So pretty much it's just Disney's not... (laughs) I mean, if they... I feel the simple fix is just... uh, Of course they're not going to go with a simple fix. It's Disney. Uh, I was going to say, simple fix is just have whatever streaming revenue they get because you have to pay premium. Yeah. Like, I understand you can't do... You have to pay $30, which is technically more than the a box office, right? The cost of a ticket would be... Uh, Unless you're sharing it logins. Because it's family. Yeah, and a lot I guess, of people well, are watching that, it. And yeah, yeah, if you have a family and stuff. So I, I guess it depends is, is truth. 
But if you also just have that revenue a little bit more public, which they're not going to do, but if they just at least added it even on their end mm -hmm. to whatever the box office was, I feel that would help alleviate the situation. But I understand this. It makes total sense of like, hey, you just might have taken six million dollars out of my pocket. Yeah. You know? Fair enough. Yeah. So. Uh, okay, so Scarlett Johansson describes the film as its own genre and even named Logan as an influence along with The Fugitive and Terminator 2 Judgment Day. I like this fact because earlier when you were talking about standalone movies, I was thinking exactly of Logan since the X-Men movies were all yeah. compilation and Logan was a solo. Yep. Yeah, Logan was. Oh, God, Logan was so good. Still, I think the best one of mm, Top three. I'll give it top three now. I don't know. I have to think about it again. But for a long time, Logan was actually like my favorite superhero movie for a long time. It, we talked Still about is. it. I think that it's masterfully done. I hated it, but I think it's incredibly well done. I don't get but it. Like I, I said, no, no, it's, no, no. Uh, it's like objectively, I think it's a great movie. But I love young heels from everything can do whatever he wants is slowed down by nothing, super-powered, Hugh Jackman Wolverine. And Logan is not well, that. Well, there's talks! There's hope! We'll find out! Uh, there's, a, there's a picture that he posted on Instagram with him hanging out with Kevin Feige, who is now the master of everything Marvel. So, <laughs> uh, so like, that's, that's my, my issue with Logan, which has nothing to do with the fact that it was a masterpiece. So I do think that it's the right kind of thing to use as inspiration for the Black Widow. Yeah. Oh, I noticed a lot of the fugitive when they, they said fugitive. I was like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense to me as well. So You didn't watch the fugitive. I know I did. I it's just been oh, a okay. long time. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah. All right. Um, I did not know this next one. I'm not reading all of these, but one of the main contenders for the role of Elena Belova was Emma Watson, which is kind of cool to think about because she's typically softer. So it would have been really interesting to see her in, uh, you know, something with this. I can't edge imagine to it. that. I'll be honest. I have a really hard time imagining that. You can't see uh, Hermione okay. and Belle, right? That's the right Emma. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, <laughs> like you said, she plays a lot of softer roles. So it's like I'm not opposed. I'm never opposed to seeing people who get out of their their. She plays you know, goody two shoes roles. They're not necessarily soft. Right. Like Belle and Hermione have a lot of backbone. Yeah. But yeah, it's true. They're very. Righteous characters. And oh, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. And all of all of their they always are the they're the hard ones. They're yeah. they're the ones that wear the pants and all the all their friendships and everything. But so. when it comes to a Russian super trained emotionless assassin, that yeah. is not like <laughs> a righteous rule following character. It would be such a departure. I'd, so so who they have, she you know, she was absolutely wonderful. Um I, I thought like Florence Pugh was was amazing, great choice. But seeing Emma Watson there would have been 
interesting. Would have been funny. Yeah, and it, I, like funny in not a bad way. Just I think it would have been fun and funny to to see. It would have been a surprise that I think people wouldn't have, wouldn't have expected. I do. Yeah, I'm I'm all for actors getting out of their typecast and going like going from like you said Hermione and Belle to action hero. You know. I do think that there is something to be said about. When you are casting the next stars of Marvel, it is potentially wise to choose people without a super strong another character that they're associated with. Right? Like, you don't want to look at a character and be thinking of Hermione. Like, Harry Potter is a massive, successful franchise. I don't know if you want to take a biggest in the world. Yeah, I don't know if you (laughs) want to take a strongly franchised character and put it into another strong franchise. And so casting someone who doesn't have that seems valuable, especially with it now established. Like, although granted, Robert Downing Jr. did kind of need a redemption arc early on, but still like he yeah, he needs redemption. But I mean, even uh, Chris Evans, though, I mean, Chris, everyone knew him as Human Torch, but he's able to get out of out of that. Well, and that wasn't so, I mean, super successful, so. and it was a couple of movies. Huh. It's not the same as being Hermione. I mean, when you say they have some, it's true. Yeah, it's true. I mean, but I look at people like Don Cheadle or Paul Rudd and stuff like all, both of them have some pretty big, well-known yeah. roles. But yeah, at the same time, I don't know if they have any like iconic, iconic that that's the one that everyone yeah. knows them as. Right. Like they have a bunch of big roles that you recognize them for. But yeah, there's never that one, like you said, with Hermione. Like, that's Hermione. You know her as that, you know? So It would be like trying to cast Morgan Freeman as the devil. Yeah. Which would be great. It would be, but he always plays God. It's true. So you can't, you can't switch it. Anyways, anyways. Uh, I think Emma Watson would have been very cool. So Chloe Zhao was first considered to direct the film, but chose Eternals instead. Over 70 directors were considered and interviewed for this film. And I believe Scarlett Johansson actually had a pretty significant role in picking Kate to direct the film. Yeah, she uh, that was her her personal recommendation. Mm -hmm. So that's why they went with Kate Shortland, actually. So but yeah, Chloe Zhao was actually in line to do it, was literally asked if wanted to do this movie or Eternals and chose Eternals. So we're going to see Chloe Zhao in Eternals in what next month? Or something? No, no, no. Two months? Next month is Shang-Chi. October is Eternals. So, that's what it is. But... Right, ma- oh, and we still have a Spider-Man movie this year, which we've seen nothing for! <laughs> I'm just saying! We're gonna... I, I, I always guarantee you we'll get our first trailer at, at Shang-Chi. That's what I've been saying the whole time. It's like, we'll, we'll get the first one at Shang-Chi. So... Mattel... We also and, have What oh, If. Oh, what? isn't What If happening tomorrow? I... Is that starting tomorrow? Don't know what that is. What if is an animated Marvel series, which oh, is oh, I do know what that is. It's that what if is basically just uh, it's their version of of well, they also have is it DC that has the one shot or is it Marvel that has the one shot comic? But it's pretty much just mini stories or universes that kind of go off and are completely irrelevant to the rest of the 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 main universe, right? So they have like Marvel zombies and they have uh. Peggy Carter. What if Peggy Carter, instead of Steve Rogers becoming Captain America, they have uh, Peggy Carter becoming 
Captain America and all that kind of kind of stuff going on. So it's pretty much what if other people in the universe became other heroes or became the main heroes or whatever it is. Basically, it's a what if, right? That's that's the, the whole point is what if this character was actually Captain America or what if Tony Stark had died in that cave in uh, the first Iron Man? What would have happened to the Avengers and stuff like that? So. That's cool. Okay. Next back. Mattel has released two promotional Barbie signature dolls based on Black Widow to promote the film with a black suit doll and a white suit one. Ever Anderson, who plays young Natasha in flashbacks, is the daughter of Mila Jovovich and Paul W.S. Anderson. I can't say that name. Nailed it. Jovovich. It's not happening. In the comics, <laughs> Daredevil and Black Widow were a couple. Charlie Cox from Netflix's Daredevil wants a crossover movie. That might be challenging, buddy. She's uh, in the ground. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I didn't think about it. It's a good point. <laughs> Fair enough. I was thinking a prequel of some sort, but you know what? Sure. <laughs> The post credit scene between Yelena and Valentina has been confirmed to be a setup for Hawkeye. Yeah, that was spoilers. I guess we should have said beforehand, but yeah. I the uh, spoilers at the very beginning. Yeah, that's true. Spoilers. Sorry. If you haven't seen post credit, that's the only scene I actually want to talk to. We we could be pretty good. I mean, we I think we discussed it that we were going to be a little spoilery in general. Uh, we weren't going to be scared because I think we discussed that the worst episode of this podcast we ever did was the one that we heavily avoided spoilers <laughs> and it went horribly. So no, no, I, I, yeah, if you haven't yeah. seen <laughs> a lot of people even see the post credit scene, which is weird. Like have people not learn? We've had 10 years of Marvel movies at this point. Why are you not staying through the credits? Yeah. I, I, I don't understand. Yeah, like You deserve to be spoiled. Um, which, you know, we need to take another departure about uh, typecast iconic characters being something else. Valentina, that that yeah, Julia Louise Dreyfus. Like, that's ridiculous. Like as the, Valentina de Allegro, she is a comedic sitcom star where nothing serious ever happens. She has no control, no power. Is this ridiculous character, both from <laughs> Seinfeld and the New Adventures of Old Christine? Like that's how I know her. And when she just showed up. I'm just like, I can't take this woman Ugh. seriously. I'm not she's scared. So, she's so perfect, though. She plays that character better than most people play the, the character from their comic. Like, she's she the way that she plays the character is like almost straight from the comic. It's fantastic. She is fantastic, but it's just I can't. I, I can't. Yeah, no one can get Elaine Elaine out of their head, Ugh. so. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I guess I guess it is confirmed. Uh, Hawkeye. We've been seeing more things. Haley Steinfeld looks fantastic as Kate Bishop. God, what another another one of those perfect casting. Uh, I'm so ready for that Hawkeye show. That's the one I've been most most excited for out of all of them. So I'm hoping. All right, and so now some some deep funny facts. You know that was that was our fast facts or rapid fire. Are we ready? Joker is taking in a deep breath, oh, ready to dive uh, yeah, in. Yeah, I guess I can throw it. Yep, this movie has been in the works for almost 10 years now. Uh, David Hayter wrote a script and it was set to direct in 2004 when the character's film rights were still at Artisan Entertainment and Lionsgate. So this was 
pre-MCU, mm-hmm. obviously. They were actually planning having a Black Widow movie back in 2004. Uh, but beyond that, once MCU started, they have had, I think, three different people write entire scripts for a Black Widow movie. One that was written back in like 2012. Uh, or two, no, two, 2011. 2011 was the first one, which was like right after Iron Man 2. When they first introduced, because they were thinking about doing one, but they weren't ready to take a chance, a big budget, big box office budget, chant, whatever the phrase is, on uh, a female-led superhero mm-hmm. was straight up the honest reason why they didn't do it. Uh, and also a, a side character on top of it, but they weren't ready to do it. And they've had, I think, three different full scripts and a bunch of different directors who had been hired and let go. I mean, like, they weren't officially hired. It was just in talks of doing a Black Widow movie. Scarlett Johansson has talked about how she's wanted to do this movie since pretty much before the the second Iron Man, before she was even in. So they've been in talks of doing this movie for 10 years. Pretty much ever since Scarlett Johansson was in- introduced into the universe, they had been considering doing one of these. And that's why they should have. This movie, I think, would have done really well if it had come out around the time of a age of Ultron. If if it had if it had come out like after it or even even after Civil War or anything along those lines, I think it actually would have done really well. So and I think people would have been as as harsh on this movie. But I that's my deep fact. Yeah, no, I, I think you are right that people have a hard time with single hero movies. Because mm-hmm. we haven't had a lot of new hero movies, as in, like, the third Iron Man, the third Captain America, the, uh, like, the Thor movie. Like, you look at Thor Ragnarok and Hulk's in it. You know, like, they're almost never truly solo movies anymore. Yep. They, uh, they, I think Marvel has figured out they can't have single characters anymore in, in, from their universe. And, I mean, it's exactly what they do with Spider-Man. They have to throw in, I mean, there was a whole thing with, well, that's that's part of the contract, actually, that Sony has with Marvel is that they have to use if they're if they're going to use Sp- Spider-Man for the Marvel, the Avengers movies, mm-hmm. they have to. They get one of those characters in the solo movies. So the first one was Tony Stark. Yeah. Second one was Nick Fury. So oh, I pick Nick Fury every time. Oh, he's great. Yeah, <laughs> that would be great. All right, are you ready for some meaty meat? Get into the meaty meat. We have no... Uh, we... Oh, I don't have... Oh, yeah, I haven't changed the text on this. Wait, oh, I still... This is the old text. Yeah, we don't need it. We don't need any filler, I don't think. We had the news for thought. Uh, we're not diving and, and swiving at anymore, so we're good. Continue. I'm going to say a different phrase every time. Got it. I'm gonna come up with a new random, th- random jumble of words together to explain what a filler section would be, but we don't need. We're already an hour into this, so perfect. So now that uh, everyone has heard us ramble about our lives and about Black Widow and the Marvel Universe and a bunch of different random characters, maybe you know now it's time I'll tell you what Black Widow actually is because this Whoa. you know makes sense. Uh, but here's here's the copy for Black Widow that, you know, expert people at Marvel have written to tell you all about it. 
Black Widow is... As in Wikipedia. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. Someone (laughs) editing Wikipedia is probably some Marvel social media intern with approved marketing copy. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. I wonder... Yeah, I wonder what the lengths they go. Disney's pretty... They're pretty heavy-handed when it comes to protecting their, their... IPs and stuff. So if I wouldn't be surprised I if they do. If I go around and edit the about sections on a bunch of different forums and websites and change all the graphics for my job, I can bet that Disney and Marvel are handling that for this. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure they do it on their own, but I didn't think about like, do they have someone dedicated to just like filling out all their Wikipedia pages? Yeah. They some Marvel lorehead or something. I'm I'm sure they do, right? Well, because Wikipedia also has to like vet everything, and what most yeah. often happens is nowadays. there's a press release, and then that press release copy gets copied and put in other places. So whether or not someone at Marvel directly wrote this, it is likely that is a regurgitation of a press release provided at some point. Sure. Black Widow is a 2021 American superhero film based on Marvel Comics featuring the character of the same name. Produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Walt Disney Studio Motion Picture, it is the 24th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The film was directed by Kate Shortland from a screenplay by Eric Pearson and stars Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff slash Black Widow alongside Florence Pugh, David Harbour, O.T. Benley. Olga Kurlenko, William Hurt, Ray Winstone, and Rachel Weisz. Set after the events of Captain America's Civil War in 2016, the, fo- the film sees Romanoff on the run and forced to confront her past. There it is. I will... Now you know what Black Widow is. <laughs> uh, this reminds me that the, the Melina... Melina? Melina. Melina, yep. The mother figure... Not actually the mother. Yeah. yeah. So she is um the the main the second main character in Constantine. And which is one of my favorite movies of all oh, time. Oh you're right. Yeah. When Black Widow yeah, started out Reeves. and it was her, I was just like, What? I got really excited. And I'm also trying to she's remember a... if she's in the mummy. No, that's different. Yeah, that is different. I, I see woman. what you're saying, but no, the different different woman. Uh no, I mean she was she was picked. What she have is a bunch of is it Emmys or Oscars or she has uh, some awards or something. I can't remember which one she has, but yeah, I know she's an award winner. Um, I got Ray Winstone, who is the one who plays the. I can't remember his name, but he was the head of the Red Room and everything. So. Uh, Drakov. Yeah. Draco. Yeah, Dracovich, or is it just Drake Draco? I man, one would hope I that we would remember. know. Well, usually it's I Dracov. put it down in the characters. It is Draco. Okay. You know, usually I put that all down in the characters section. I usually do just copy and paste all the names of people and who they go as the characters. I assume that with Black Widow we didn't need to do that, but apparently we <laughs> do need to do that. So it is Rachel Weiss uh, in the mummy. It's the same actress. Is that? Yeah. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, hold on. Are you serious? That yes. is her? She's one of my favorites. Wait, really? Yes. Oh my god, it is Rachel Weiss. <laughs> oh my god. 
How did I not realize that? I had just rewatched The Mummy recently. I'm missing Brendan Fraser. So. I yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. I The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. I love those movies. I love Constantine, and like this actress, oh, like Golden Rachel Weisz. I just I find her very compelling. Yeah, she's fantastic. She was good in this, and she's great in The Mummy. Wow. <laughs> and I love The Mummy movies. Yeah. Yeah, she's done a lot. As I said, that, that's what she, you know, I said Emmy and Oscar. It turned out it was Golden Globe. So, you know, I had it on the third track. But she, yeah. They have a, it's, it's good. They had a good, good set. David Harbour playing as a Red Guardian. Fantastic. Uh, same thing with Florence P. They, they just all around. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those that. I'm trying to be as positive as I can be. The, the actors killed it for what they were given. You know? I think the characters that, that were written for them and the way that they played it, champion. You love all of the actors and the characters that they portrayed. You love them so much and you can tell they did such a good job. And they love doing it. I think some things fell short in character development and stuff like that. That was a little... little sad to see but at the same time let's i guess we should get into it i mean uh, how are you feeling on your your thoughts on the characters and stuff like that i mean taskmaster is a good good example i sorely i underutilize in this film it was just a henchman just another henchman and it was just just a shame because taskmaster is one of my favorite marvel characters Ah, ah, my top ah. three favorite marvel characters are taskmaster Moon Knight. And who's my third one? They must not be I that much of a favorite. I have my third one. Yeah, apparently not. I've just totally blanked on the third one for some reason. So here's my question for you. All right. If you were okay. a massive Black Widow fan, you loved yep. Black Widow, and you watched uh-huh. Iron Man 2. Sure. Wouldn't you feel like Black Widow was a little bit of a letdown and massively underused? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. No. No. Because, I mean, she she had a good role in that, and she had a good reveal. But I think, I from, I guess it's hard to say in hindsight because of the fact that we knew that she was going to be in a bunch of movies. I mean, I think, I still think one of the best movies that Black Widow was in was that Captain America, the the second Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I think her role in that movie, she was such a, I mean, she was the co-star. It was Chris Evans and then her was basically the two people in that movie. Um, That was probably the best she had, one of the best showcases of her character. Um, But I think because we knew she had other movies planned, I don't think it was a letdown. We knew she was going to appear in more movies. That's the thing. It, and that's why it's like, if we get Taskmaster in other films, which the way that Black Widow ended, I don't know if that's going to be the case. But if we had Taskmaster coming in other films, then I would be totally okay with how they had the character in this. I will talk about the character itself in this because it's not Tony Matt. That's a big spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> not Tony Masters. My bad. <laughs> I think that... Sorry if you haven't seen, but... You're right that the setup doesn't totally lend to a movie, but I do think that it leaves open the possibility of a TV right. show, especially well, with Yelena. It, mm, 
that's true. I guess that's that's a good point. I guess we could see good Taskmaster. That could be interesting. I've been waiting. I mean, people thought they were going to get it with Mysterio because everyone's like, Jake Gyllenhaal is not going to play a bad guy. He's going to be a good Mysterio. And I was like, that's a joke. Nice try, though. That's his whole thing. That he is deceptive. Good one, though. Uh, I think it's it's something. This. Yeah, so I, I could see where you might be let down if you were a big Black Widow fan from Iron Man 2, but mm-hmm. it was the same thing with like Hawkeye from Thor. He was first introduced in the first Thor movie in that one scene. He had literally that one scene where he was sitting in the watchtower and he was going to shoot Thor with an arrow. And then that was it. That's how they introduced the yeah, character. And you don't but you know, knew he was going to be in more. Like, you don't necessarily know that. You don't know it. That's true, I guess. Yeah, I guess that would that would have been a huge letdown if that was his only thing. So I, I guess that's where I set with it. Is like, you don't know. I think we knew Black Widow was going to appear more often, but I can't remember in hindsight if you knew that from Iron Man 2. So if that was the only film we had of Black Widow, then yeah, she would have been a big letdown. So now in five years, if nothing happens with Taskmaster, then you can be upset. But until then, you don't know. I would be surprised. I would be surprised if they brought Taskmaster back. I hope they do. And they should. Mainly because it's just my favorite character. They don't have to. But there's so many. I mean, we could go down the list of all the Marvel heroes and villains that are in the universe that have appeared and never been used again. There are characters all over, uh, all over the place. like. Like Sam Rockwell's character. Jeremy Hammer hasn't... Is, it is Jeremy Hammer, right? It's something Hammer. But his, his character, Hammer Tech, is like a big part of the Marvel Universe. It's a big... It's one of the big firms along with AIM and stuff like that. It's Stark Industries. I mean, it is up there as one of the bigger corporations in the Marvel Universe. And we haven't seen him at all. You're not going to get since any Iron Man sympathy from me because... I love X-Men. Right. And uh, they're not exactly included well, that's be- at all. Oh, hold on. I'm aware no, 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 no. of that the is, issues. That- I'm aware of the surrounding legal no, no, reasons no, no, no. the X-Men are not included. Uh, but but at but least they are. They will be. Not- you know, a part, all right? At least there was something when it comes to but X-Men. They, we, I we just know. have to accept we it's just a completely know. different universe. We know X-Men are getting an entirely their own own shows and stuff coming up soon because soon. all of you the rights have gone back soon. to Marvel. You say soon. I'm still sitting here waiting, so I have no well, sympathy. Everyone even thought that they were going to be introduced in WandaVision, which I think was a possibility. But Marvel is way smarter than that. That's the thing. Is like they're way better at writing than uh. Hey, we'll just throw them in as a side thing at the end of Wandavision. Now that Quicksilver was brought into it or whatever, and or you know they were gonna go with oh Wanda's gonna have a meltdown and she's going to create mutants. That they weren't gonna do that. Uh, I don't know when they're going to. I know they're they're uh they've got that ball rolling hard. I'm pretty sure in the next year or two we're gonna see mutants in the in the Marvel universe. So we had better. <laughs> yeah we know i don't want to hear that we know we're getting x-men <laughs> i mean initially it wasn't their fault i mean it was their fault for selling the rights to x-men like 30 years ago but 
Uh, At the same time, we actually did get some good X-Men movies yeah, out of I it. Yeah, I love those movies, so it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's there's there's a lot of things in Marvel they haven't touched on yet. But you know what? They've got hundreds of years to keep the franchise going. They will never they catch up to the They got that Disney comics. money. Yeah. So anyway, for this movie, for Black Widow, I went into it expecting it to... Is that what we were talking about? Yeah. Expecting it to be... Right when she finishes her training and the story of her defecting, I thought it was going to be her blowing up the red room. I think that would have been really good. I would have been. I'm, I'm, I think that would have been awesome. Yeah. Like I would have been a good, good premise, too. I wonder that movie hmm. would have. So I really enjoyed this movie. You're right. The Get posing thing Renner was a little too. cringy. But overall, there was a good lightheartedness to it that more and more of the Marvel movies their... have had, like Guardians and Thor: yeah, Ragnarok. All of their all of their movies are much more. They they found out that their their thing is having is superhero humor. Yeah, that's their thing. And I appreciate with action it. scenes in between. And I thought it was well done. Um, I think so. So without with removing my expectations of what I wanted it to be. It was very good. The problem, and this isn't their fault, this is how the universe works, and this is where I think it's a problem for people, and it's not an actual problem because it's how these movies work. But it's why I don't particularly care about Marvel movies anymore. It was filler. Yeah. It, well, that's, that's the problem for a lot of people. But I mean, if you go back... Any of the you could say that about any of the solo films, looking at all of them in retrospect, right? Like Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, all of those were filler films. They just weren't at the time because there wasn't as many Avengers. Yes. And so So. there's not as much that you're trying to reference while you're watching it. While you're watching Black Widow, you're trying to remember, did Captain America ever mention this Red Guardian dude who won't shut up about him? You're (laughs) you're trying to fit in pieces and it makes it hard to accept the movie as it is, because as it is, I thought the movie was great. But it felt like you needed a flow chart sometimes to know exactly what was going on. And so these prequel, these these solo character movies, we expect them to be origin stories. And it wasn't an origin story. It was what came after the origin story. We don't know who the guy is who supplies all the stuff for her. We don't know. Yeah, they did just kind of throw him in. We don't know so he many was, things. He really was a random character. And we still I think, need well, a prequel. I, I think they have confirmed we're going we're gonna to see him more from what I heard. We're going to see him more in the, in the MCU. It felt like so. this was introducing him, but it's, I, I really yeah. like this movie. I just watched it. So I watched it a couple weeks ago and I just watched it again today. And I genuinely liked it, which is unusual for me because <laughs> not, like, this is why cannot be said about other. This parts. is why you need to watch Snake Eyes because I think I like Snake Eyes better than Black Widow. So, but uh, you like the other Marvel movies. 100%. Do you not like the other Marvel movies? Mm, uh, not particularly. What? what? Okay. You know what? I'm, we're going to go down a bad path. I that's gonna love end some with... of them, and some of them tilt me off a cliff. Can't stand anything, okay. Captain America. Okay. 
Did you like Winter Soldier? I got. I don't remember like Winter Soldier. I just watched it, and I can't remember it. It's the. It actually made no right, impression you know on me. Huh. Okay. Uh, I'm feeling pain in my heart all of a sudden, but I it's fine. Have very different okay. priorities in movies, and I liked Black Widow because it was straightforward. And it moved at a good pace. There were holes in it. It yeah. it felt like a second movie. It felt like it was Iron Man 2. It was Black Widow 2. It wasn't Black Widow 1. That was the hard. That was the only thing I didn't like. That's fair enough. I think that I think that's a total. Yeah, I mean. It was it did feel like it wasn't an origin. It, it did feel like this is an established character, you know. Yeah, this is the second movie of them, but they didn't have a first movie but I it still... was just all of the other movies combined yeah. make up the quote-unquote first movie so that's that's fair enough i i totally understand that i i i do think people were a little harsh on this movie as i said my biggest gripe was the action sequences and how they're filmed mm-hmm. we talked about that earlier outside of that though i thought it was good i, I once again taskmaster i actually liked the way that they had the origin story yeah of, I, like i spoiled it not tony masters i love tony <laughs> masters I guess they could have, they're doing this with the Mandarin, right? They had the Mandarin in Iron Man 3, but they were like, oh, that's the fake Mandarin. And I guess they're having the real Mandarin in Shang-Chi now, which is good because people hated that. Uh, but yeah, I, I actually really liked it. I thought they actually, it was one that you knew you could, you could see coming, but that's potentially good writing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to have an interesting twist of all it be like, Oh wow! It was the daughter all along. How did we didn't see that coming? Like, I feel good writing actually does a really good usefulness with foreshadowing and stuff like that. Yes. You know, uh, and so you could tell as the movie progressed, you could figure out who Taskmaster was, and I liked it. I liked the arc they actually give, and this is coming from a guy who's a very hardcore Taskmaster fan. But their their recreation of him or now her in the MCU was good. I actually liked it. So, um, the only other scene that I'm a little sad by is I was really hoping that the whole scene of them flying through the sky or whatever, Mm -hmm. falling out of the sky, I thought that was going to be a much longer scene. They could have done some really cool stuff with that. Uh, some amazing, some never before seen Marvel action scenes that they could have done. Imagine them actually fighting in the air for a little while as this platform is just falling out of the sky would have been sick in my opinion but it was a lot shorter than i thought it was going to be it makes sense i i guess you know physically speaking and just realistically speaking although they did fall eh, whatever you know i'm not going to go into the science of it but <laughs> well okay so some of the science of it one of my favorite things was uh the fact that she got drake off to punch her several times because she was trying to Oh, yeah. Sever her olfactory neurons and then had to like smash her head to do it. Yeah. So that part was really cool for me because I did sever all of my olfactory neurons. And this. Hold on. (laughs) We need a little backstory there. I have definitely told you this before. I passed out several years ago at this point when I was a grad student. It's March 2015. So over six years ago. And the impact of hitting my head slammed the plates in my skull together and severed my olfactory neurons, which 
which are um like along the edges of your face uh and so what does that actually do you can't smell at all so you wait you don't have any sense of smell they grow back they're like the only nerve that grows back it's weird um i i have a feeling that what i went through is what babies go through um so i couldn't smell anything for i think about six months and then the only thing that I could smell was this sickly sweet smell that was overwhelming all the time. And then I found out that it was part of my shampoo. Like if you smell shampoo, there's like that sharp, clean scent. But then there's also the like floral or sweet or whatever scent. I could only smell yeah, whatever, whatever scent they have. Yeah, in. I could only smell the like perfumey part and not the clean smart. So it was like cloyingly, disgustingly overwhelming. I can never use that shampoo again. Wow. Um. And that lasted for a couple of months before I got any other smells. When you lose your sense of smell, you can Mm. barely taste. So I could only like, I'd like 20% taste. So I started eating based on texture and I still eat based on texture now. It's like what I switched to. I'm the same way. I haven't lost my sense of smell, but I'm the same way. I'm a texture person when it comes to food. Um, And when you get smells back, you have to focus to actually learn them. And so you have to like sit there and smell and like taste. And then I had to think about what I was tasting, remember what it used to taste like and like imprint that into my new neural pathways. And it's this really weird process, but I can't really smell BO or garbage or any like bad smells because I've just not tried to. You just don't try to. Yeah. Yeah, You don't focus on smelling them. Yeah, smell is something that you almost need to practice and, and use often. It was just a cool scene. It is something that can go away. Because so. I was like, they're pointing, that's exactly where they are. That's exactly how you would sever them. Now, she probably would have knocked herself unconscious, but, you know, she's Black Widow, whatever. Um, <laughs> and it was just cool because I was like... Gone through a lot worse. I feel this. I feel this part. There's probably nobody else in the world who feels <laughs> connection with this right here, but I do. <laughs> I know what she's about to go through. So I enjoyed that scene. And it was creative. Yeah, it was good. I mean, you once again, it was one of those you could see where it was coming from. Yes. Because again, Marvel is good at writing. They are. At times. Uh, yeah. Well, that's good. I didn't know you, you, you didn't have a sense of smell. I, it's better so, now. Well, you do now. Yeah. But yeah, you kind of have one. Well, and it also depends on the day. Some days I can smell and taste really well. And some days I it's it's useless. It's like the wires are all crossed and it just nothing works. So it it really depends. Interesting. Okay. I got to get you know, that's a conversation for another time. Let's just talk about we got to wrap this up. I think we're, we're at a good amount of time here. So uh, how you overall, I mean, we, we kind of heard you. You actually like this movie. I watched uh, it a second time. Come, yeah, you Willing. did watch it twice. I haven't even watched it twice. Yeah, I haven't watched it twice. So um, I really like I feel it. the same way. I, I enjoy this movie. I think it's a good it's a good solo Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is that I think it, it's right up there along the same lines where we talked about it, is that it just, it's, the problem it struggles is that it should have come out eight, five, six years ago, whatever it is, in between 
actually after Civil War, yeah. and it should have come out before Infinity War, where it takes place. And I think it would have done a lot better. Uh, I, you know, Ant Man and Wasp did the same thing. Oh, that 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 came out after Infinity War, right? Yeah, because people got snapped and they had that. Yeah, that happened during then. But you know, it's right up there with. I think these solo movies are just at a point where people love the Avengers, every hero in a, a film. And so anyone that just has a single one now is just not going to feel as impactful. I Shang-Chi, I think, might be the one difference one because I've seen the scale that they're going. It mm -hmm. looks like they might have a full out war between like a full out war breaks out or something. So I the scale of that one might lend it. But we'll I think they need to be true origin stories. I think yeah. to make that right, like I, if Iron Man one came out now, it would still oh, be would amazing. Well. No, it would still be amazing. <laughs> ah, no, I it would be a good movie, but I don't think people would love it as much. I think it, it they wouldn't have the same impact. But it would still be amazing. People aren't going to say that. Most people aren't going to say that Black Widow was amazing. I loved it. I think Black Widow would have been really amazing if it was a true origin story. Um, yeah, true origin. Yeah, I think that they this was her ending. This was how she wiped the red out of her ledger or yeah. whatever that they were going for. You know? I think so. that they need to do what Spider-Man was. It was a true origin story. It was him getting his powers. It was him learning all those things. It was him dealing with his tiny little city based evil fight before taking on the universe. And yeah, the interesting thing is potentially, I wonder what it would look like to explore those origin stories as a six episode miniseries rather than a movie. I, uh, I always, uh, I'll be honest, I think I almost always opt for miniseries and stuff <laughs> over a movie. I just, I there's just, I mean, again, it's more time, right? You get like six hours versus two hours. And so you, you can explain so much more and you can make things so much more interesting. People also don't expect I understand that you don't the same need... scale too. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, even though Marvel has honestly done a, Loki did a good job with the scale of that one. No, no, so, I don't mean like the um, scale of spending. I like the scale of the story. Loki's story over that arc is the same or less well, than what, what they'd put into a movie like this. Well, the, but that's the, the that's exactly what I'm saying is like the scale of their miniseries is the scale of their movies. Right. But it's spread like, out. It, it feels I mean, Loki was right. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like in a movie, you need two, two and a half hours to tell this big thing in a miniseries. Those one hours or two hours of a miniseries are not expected to do a big thing. They're expected to do chapter, chapter, chapter that overall is a big thing. So I think the scale right. works better in a miniseries because you can have a single arc. Whereas in a movie, the expectations that Marvel has set is that a movie is the culmination of like eight different arcs. And that's the challenge. But a TV right. show can be a single arc. So they might do a be better, a yeah, like have more success. Enough. But TV shows. Yeah. And we'll have to see. I mean, uh, depending on how, I mean, I think Loki did pretty well. And depending on how those series are, we might see even more 
TV shows happening instead of movies. We'll find out. I do wonder about the expense, though, because the movies have blockbuster AAA stars in them and paying them for a TV show is different. And that isn't that is a consideration of like logistically, does that even work? Yeah, and I mean, again, they have that Disney money, but even the TV shows are costing almost as much as movies are. Uh, the movies are at this point, yeah. Well, with smaller less, actors, like, like total, yeah, yeah, with with lower so. price tags on the talent. Are they ever going to run out of actors, Marvel? That's you know what? That's my question. That's my question for uh for you today because mm-hmm. uh, I'm supposed to ask a question, I guess. You think Marvel's ever going to run out of actors? Because they are going through them like crazy. Absolutely not, because they can only use an actor for eight to 12 years before age shows too much and superheroes don't age. Yeah, no, I know that there's so many people trying to get their start in the industry, so they're they're, they're never going to run out. But I mean, even just thinking like big actor roles and things like that, like these actors, I'm still waiting for Keanu Reeves. I'm still waiting. Well, no, a lot of them weren't. But even even, you know, they go with these B and C list actors a lot for these roles and i mean the fact is is that they get some some big names and stuff thrown in there every once in a while but yeah they they don't have but like i said i'm still waiting for keanu reeves i know they want to i know <laughs> kevin feige has so talked about cool. he has been wanting to get keanu reeves in the the marvel universe forever they just don't know what role they want him to play yet they just don't they're they're very picky they want to have they truly want the perfect person for the perfect role uh and they just don't know who who they want him to play in in the. They have some ideas of characters that might work for him, but they don't know how that character would work in the MCU, right? Yeah. Like the character that they want to put him as is not a character they want in the MCU currently. I but. okay, so I love. Well, I I I really like the actress, um, the power broker. I think that she's great. Oh, having. Yeah, Sharon Carter. Yes. That would be interesting. We I didn't I didn't you know, I know I talked about it in Loki, so I didn't bring it up this time with the whole teams coming on, but you know, she's part of the Secret Avengers typically. Mm-hmm. So but now she's the power broker in the MCU. So we'll have to see how that happens. Well, and that's they, a good example of they're not gonna run out of people because so she was the star in this show called Revenge. And then she's like yeah, of course. the co-star in The Resident right now. Um, and so she's been like... Oh, oh yeah, because they, they ended the... uh was the hospital show that she was in. They ended recently. No, no. The, the Resident is the hospital show she's in. That's still going. Oh, that's the one she's in. Yeah. Revenge ended. That's oh, the thought- one where she's like the wealthy trust fund young woman yeah. who... I've I've watched Revenge. It's a good Revenge show. Revenge is great. So she <laughs> so she is she shakes her head too much for me whenever she's trying to convey serious emotion. She shakes her head. Other than that, she's wonderful. Um, I don't know why I fixate on that. Um, but so so she's great. Emily and, Emily Van Camp yes. is her name, by the way. That's who we're talking. And about. And she's so. like a, a TV actress, right? Like there's you'll notice there are people that are yeah. movies and there are people that are TV. And they they do get a little pigeonholed with that. And I think that comes down to scheduling. Like, if you're on a successful TV show, you are booked eight to ten months of the year for eight to eleven years, however long your show lasts. Um, So you don't really have a lot of space for movies. So I thought it was really cool that she was in the MCU um, while being this very successful serial TV actress. And that just 
I look at this and I think they're never going to run out of people because they everyone is going to want to work Marvel lesions to work. Yeah. Oh yeah, Marvel's the place to be. If you want to make the big bucks and just get your break, that is the place to be right And I just so remembered that... It is the role that everyone is, is pitching for. So. Uh, I just well, remembered um, the guy in the first Avengers movie, Agent Coulson, was one of the main characters yeah. in the new adventures of old Christine and yeah. that amuses me. Clark, Clark Gregg, I mean, that was his... He's He he had his... his uh, he, he had some pseudo successful roles right he was never a big actor yeah. he was you know a d or c list actor but he's one of the few people who literally had a role that became huge i mean yeah colson was never a character in the marvel comics until clark Gregg played him and he is now a fully written fully fledged <laughs> marvel comic character that was written based on clark Gregg, which is awesome yeah like that's cool there's not many people who could say that. So well, and and the notes from this. So the the woman who plays Yelena, like they were so impressed with her, they were like, "All right, well, we're gonna just do a bunch more with you." Um, and yeah, Florence Pugh. Yeah, oh, she's great. She's she's a great actor. So all right, so my rating is is going to be oh, yeah, the uh, two thousand one hundred five plus or minus like five hundred because we don't know how much Russia helps with raising children. So that's my my cool. rating. Uh. My rating is a lot lower. It's going to be a 24. 24. Yeah. As this is the 24th movie in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, it is. So. You have to admit, <laughs> for people who are watching through chronologically, not when movies were released, but when they take place, it will fit in very nicely. That's that, you know, that I think that's the best way to explain it. That if you, if you watch these movies in order, this movie is a lot better <laughs> when you watch it. I really like it. set in the time. This is the first time <laughs> where I have liked it significantly more than Joker. I I thoroughly enjoy Black Widow. I I think you I think I am with you. I think you do enjoy it more than I do. Yes. But uh as I said, I I I just want to emphasize that I think people are being harsh on it. I think there was a lot of good. It was a good Marvel solo film. Better than some that they've had. <laughs> Thor dark world uh so they've they, you know they've done it's good but i think you are right i i feel you enjoyed this way more than i did surprisingly well for this novelty our request is that you rate the episode you upvote and like and share and leave 12 out of 5 stars so that you can prove to joker that uh you know it was valuable when i liked something more than him which is a rare occurrence so we must savor it um, but seriously, social media interaction, follows, comments, likes, reviews, all those things help a lot for other people finding our rambling podcast of of, of joy. Uh, so if you feel it in your heart, have made it to the end of the episode. If you have made it to the end of the episode with us, you clearly enjoy it as much as I liked Black Widow. Yeah. Uh, so just know that those things make all of the algorithms happy. And, you know, if you're watching us, whether you watch us live or catch us later recorded, um, you're going to find the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean. In theory, it's up on YouTube, although I haven't actually checked for a while, so I'm not going to make any promises. Yeah, it's 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 going up on YouTube. It's just the audio. I have the video versions posting on my YouTube channel, but they've had some issues recently. I don't know what's been up with them. They, they've been doing some random stuff. Got it. But 
We do have a YouTube, a positively reviewed YouTube channel that does have it. You can just listen to audio for it as well. So positively reviewed, the social media accounts like Twitter and Instagram and stuff are POS reviewed, P-O-D, pause reviewed pod. Bring it to find us. Um, And, you know, I think that's all of the plugs. We super appreciate out while we go down our Marvel rabbit hole. We got Snake Eyes next week. I think that's the plan. Potentially. It's Snake Eyes or Green Knight. Do you want to do Suicide Squad? I guess is the question. Do you want to do... do you, is that... I mean, we don't, we're not doing next week. I'm just... This is totally... Side note. Uh, everyone, you guys can stop listening. But uh, <laughs> side note. Nessa, do you want to do... You, you want to do Suicide... Do you want to do Suicide Squad? Or do you care if, like, Day and I do that? Whatever so. floats your boat. If you and Daya want to get together and record three or four episodes of all of the stuff that released recently. Go for it. Yeah. I will watch Suicide Squad at some point. Okay. But I will also so that's, watch that's other more things. It. Yeah. So like if you're doing things and you're doing like four you things, have a, you could put I'm Suicide. I'm saying Free Guy comes out next week. Oh, I do want to watch that. A mm-hmm. lot. So we might have to talk about that one. Yeah. But we'll see. That might be a good episode. Uh, but yeah, so next week, Snake Eyes. That's uh, for sure. It'll probably, it's Snake Eyes or Green Knight. More than likely Snake Eyes. Green Knight, I think I might have it just saved as a backup episode. So. But that's fine. That's, uh, I think it, that's it. I think we said it all. We uh, talked about Marvel. Marvel hole will go down another giant Marvel hole if we talk about what if. But more than likely, we will be talking about Shang-Chi as the next Marvel thing. We'll probably sit and chat about. Uh, we got a lot of stuff. We are getting back to the weekly, so enjoy your next week off, and then we'll we'll see you guys next week. So uh, every week from now on, hope hopefully. Uh, thank you guys for watching or listening. No one's you. Those are people who are watching. Thank you for watching too, but thank you for listening and share it with friends. Have a good one.